0: A, a, a great, great message a few weeks back, back about the power of the prayer, prayer. And um, and and some some of many and you know there's just underlining such importance with that in terms of us as a church and how we can gather together and the power of prayer and as some of you know Abby got taken to hospital at the beginning of the week um, uh, and had to have her appendix removed um, she is still in hospital at the moment and has been is fighting lapel, a bit of infection. So I just wanted us to kind of quickly gather together as church and just lift her up before God uh, and just um, pray uh, his blessing and healing upon her. So can we pray together just quickly for them <laughs> as a family? Lord God, Father, we, uh, we thank you for Emily and for the Hartman family, Lord God, and we just lift them up to you right now and just call out from heaven healing to come upon Emily, Lord God. Father, we thank you for your heart for her. We thank you that you are her creator, and Lord God, we stand in faith knowing that you can bring fullness and healing and restoration upon her body, Lord God. We pray it and we claim it in Jesus' name, Lord God. Father, we stand together in faith, knowing that you are God Almighty and that you can bring healing to her. So, Lord God, we pray for her in the coming days, Lord God. Father, we pray for full restoration of her body, Lord God. Father, we pray for that infection to be gone in Jesus' name. And, Father, we just claim that uh, as your church. Father, bless them, uh, bless them uh, together as a family in this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you guys. Um, am I on here as well? Yeah. Hey, so this is just a prop, so that's cool. Um, anyway. Here we go. Cool. So yeah, thank you, Ray. Uh, it's great so to uh, be here. You know, we're looking up again, thinking about John uh, being uh, with us last week, and I'll, I'll be honest. From from my perspective, it was a pretty emotional one for me. We were gathering, craig and I was like, please, please don't give me a microphone because if you do, I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> so uh, for any of you who weren't here, it was uh, a joy to kind of celebrate. Uh, With them and all that uh, John's done. I mean Graham shared some of his experiences of how John had always been there uh, Through his journey Uh, and for me the story is is quite similar Uh, From when I first stepped foot in Jubilee um, as a young 20 year old student with a full head of hair If you can believe that John was part of the very fabric of the church and has been for all that time And I'm really going to miss them um, but during during his preach, uh, he mentioned some things that aligned with what I wanted to uh, to bring today, and I thought it'd be great to explore uh, some of this further. Wasn't it great to look at our mission statement um, again? A vibrant community shaped by the Spirit, equipped by the Word, and sent to the nations. There's so much in there to unpack and think of. We're only going to scratch the surface. So, here we are uh, together, and welcome to uh, those of you online um, as well. Uh, One of the slides uh, that John shared uh, was was of a piggy bank, where he was discussing that as we prepare for the adventure that God is calling us on, there will be a cost. I was surprised, if I'm honest, that Sandeep didn't jump up and grab the microphone for the gift aid notice at that very moment. But while last week we were looking at the context of the cost of serving, uh, this morning I wanted to look afresh at our biblical call in tithing and generous giving. John was challenging us last week. What are we going for as a church? What is our calling individually to serve and go on that adventure with God? The truth that goes with this, though, If we're serious about going for vision, growth, and serving in different ministries, then we also need to be serious in our giving and how these ministries and the wider church is supported too. If I'm honest, I did have a little wrestle with God on if now was the right time to discuss generous giving or not. Not the best moment, is it, Lord? Have you seen the latest Bank of England forecasts for inflation? Uh, What about the cost of diesel at Donington Park Services? And have you noticed I'm sat in the dark as I'm writing my notes? You could look at today as the worst time to discuss generosity, the giving of our finances, at a time when everyone is feeling the squeeze, when the pressures of daily life Um, from a financial point of view, are being discussed in the media every single day. But I felt God challenged the view on this. If we give when we have abundance and things are going well, then have we truly grasped the heart behind New Testament giving? However, if we give sacrificially when it's hard and times are tough, there's real obedience and heart in our offering. To be clear from the start, This is never about how much, in terms of value, one gives, but about our heart and response to what we are called to. Mark uh, tells us this story um, in chapter 12. And he, uh, that is Jesus, sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box, many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came in and put two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The call on us as Christians to give is never about financial value, but heart value. The poor widow gave more than she could proportionally could afford. But in doing so, she gave her heart and trust to God in these things. <laughs> wow. Doesn't, doesn't that just blow your mind? And with that level of trust and faith, uh, Sandy brought us an excellent message on stewardship earlier in the year as part, of our, as part of financial well-being in our wider series on well-being in general. If you missed the moment on that, can I commend you to catch up online. There were great points in there about stewardship and financial management, which I won't repeat now, so do go catch up. I therefore thought I would add my two cents to the matter, as it were, and the question I landed on for us to consider is this, how do we grasp and walk in the heart for us as Christians today in our giving, and why does it matter There are biblical principles from both the Old and the New Testaments about why and how we should give. For reference, in the Old Testament, God required his people to give a a tithe, that is 10% of their grain, herds and flocks. Tithes were given by Abraham and Jacob, and then the system of tithes was set up in the law of God given through Moses. Here's some uh, context from Deuteronomy 26. Um, And he, that is God, brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground to you, which you, O Lord, have given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in the good that the Lord your God has given you. And to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. Uh, Leviticus 27 thirty two and every tithe of herds and flocks, every tenth animal that pass under the herdsman's staff shall be holy to the Lord. The ten per cent tithe was under the law, and in addition to that there were also provision for free will offerings and personal giving above and beyond the tithe, so that the tithe never stood alone. Jesus never seeks to do away with tithing. The New Testament places a lot of emphasis on being generous, abundant, and cheerful in our giving. If 10% was the base for the old covenant, how can we in the new covenant who are under grace and have so much more, give less than what was there before? There are some headline, uh New Testament guidelines for our giving, that we should be willing and cheerful in it, that it should be a regular pattern of life, that it should be proportionate to one's ability, that it should be generous, and that it should be sacrificial.
1: Let's be honest,
0: our tithing, giving, and stewardship of our finances is one of the most private aspects of living life in part of our worship together. It isn't something seen up front on a Sunday. It's not something we put the spotlight on individuals for in life groups. It's not something you're put on a rotor for. Financial giving, as Ray said uh, just this morning, is part of our worship to God, for which there is no direct visibility among the wider body of the church. Our challenge then with this is not to let the things that are done in secret be counter to the things that we would proclaim in public. Let's not fall into the trap of making our worship or our serving be only done as something for which man may approve, but make our giving, our worship, and our serving something that is part of our very core, something that is truly for God. Matthew 6 teaches, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So that may all be very well and good in concept, but how do we actually grasp, grow, and walk in the heart that God calls us to respond with our giving? The Bible mentions money over 800 times, and a lot of Jesus' parables talk about money. But why? Because money is one of the things where so many of us can get tripped up or argue about. When we we are able to release at least 10% of our income back to God, our money doesn't have as tight a hold on us because it's part of letting go and giving God control of our finances. In doing so, we remember that everything we have has been given to us by him. I thought then that I would just quickly share some thoughts and experiences that have helped me over the years grow in my faith and response to this. And this is a disclaimer. By no means have I got this wrapped up. And I'm also confident I'm not going to have time to share all the thoughts and finer details of the subject, of which there there are undoubtedly many. We are all in different circumstances when it comes to finance, but the one thing that we are all called to is to have a heart of generosity and to honour God with our money. These then are three things that I often reflect on when thinking about this. The first one is, giving brings great joy. I'll say that again. Giving brings great joy. When I first wrote that headline, I wrote, giving can bring great joy. And I read it again, and I binned the can. Giving brings great joy. I'm going to be affirmative rather than woolly on this. Over the years, it has been a great joy to give and be part of God's kingdom advance. The joy that we can have from these things don't wither or fade like other items we can spend our money on, but are part of the eternal landscape ahead. Together, in just our church, but you think about the many churches across the world too. We've built orphanages. We provided food and clothing for the homeless. In recent years, supported war-torn countries and those adversely impacted by lockdowns. But importantly, we have supported the proclamation of the gospel and those in full-time ministry. Doesn't that bring you great joy just even hearing about it? I always uh, feel a bit for Graham as he preached on giving in the past. You can always look on it as him calling us just to pay his wages, but this is really important. We are called to support and give to the local church to financially support those in full-time ministry. Paul received financial support from the church at Philippi, and he told churches in 1 Timothy to support their elders, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching, for the laborer deserves his wages. As I said at the start, if we're serious about going for vision, for growth, for getting a building, and enabling, enabling different ministries, then we also need to be serious in our giving too. Because the church, the proclamation of the gospel, is advanced by our giving. Not that God relies on us for this to happen, but He chooses to involve us in the kingdom mission, and that doesn't just apply to the conversations we share or the ministries that we serve, but also our giving and provision for the church and its mission. As a, as a something extra that we do, we sponsor two kids in uh, Ghana and Togo through the charity Compassion, which is a fantastic organization, by the way. Uh, do let me know if you'd like to find out more about them. But coming back to that point of joy in our giving, it brings such delight to get letters and updates and photos from those kids who, through the compassion ministry, are able to get access to schooling and teaching about Jesus, who are able to get special things for their birthdays that otherwise they wouldn't be getting. It brings such joy when that mail arrives. Giving, then, shouldn't feel like a burden or a heavy load but something joyful and totally worthwhile. This is for kingdom advance. So the question and challenge for us in this is, have you felt or do you feel joy in your giving? If not, can I commend to you that the next time you do give, to pray and thank God for all that it will enable. We, we normally say when we take up our... Um, Uh, our offering, that this is part of our worship, because it is. Um, In worship, we can celebrate with joy and thanksgiving for what God has given us and what we are called to be part of and what our giving will enable. The second point, giving is living in the fullness of what God has for us. Giving is is, is part of living in the fullness of what God has for us. This is an important one. As Christians, we're not under the law, but under grace. The giving of a tithe for us isn't something we do under bondage, but something that helps us live in the fullness of what God has for us and the church. All of our tithes are free will tithes, as it were. Being under grace, we must not forget the purpose of grace, to help us live for God and the things he wants us to do for our own good. I want to, and I'm sure you do too. I want to live in the fullness of what God has for us in this and many other areas of life which the world says is is fine, but is counter to God's purposes. In the same way that um, God tells us to keep sex within marriage, tithing and giving is a blessing to our lives and something that will help us In doing so, we demonstrate that money doesn't have as tight of a hold on us because it is part of letting go and giving God control of our finances. Giving in part of living in the fullness of what God has for us is for our own benefit. But as well as this, though, as much as our giving is about our hearts and our worship, it is also about others and enabling the work of the church, as we mentioned before it can be so easy to fall into the traps of forgetting about giving or feeling the temptation to scale back or ditch it completely. I remember a few years ago when we were buying our house and we were going through the mortgage application process. Part of the checks they do is around affordability and stress testing to see if you'll be able to keep up the repayments. So you have to go through this process of listing all your fixed bills and outgoings. But what doesn't get counted as part of this is what we give to the church, because it's not legally binding. It's not a legally binding outgoing. No one's going to come around with the bailiffs if we stopped our giving. And there sets one of many traps or voices. It's not essential, there's no real need to keep it up. If you want to have a little extra, then just take it from there. It's easy to let these traps sneak into our thinking with the cost of living spiraling the way it is at the moment, there can be traps around every corner that can tempt us to reduce or just not increase our giving at this time. Get behind me has to be spoken to those thoughts. The reality is then, we have to be purposeful and committed in our giving, and purposeful and committed in how we approach it. One thing we do as a family is to put our regular giving at the very top row in our budget. It may not surprise you to know that I have a wonderful color-coded spreadsheet. Now, this may be purely symbolic, but for us, it is part of the recognition and heart that our regular giving is from the first fruits of what we receive. Everything else we do is factored in after that. So while the bank and the world may see it as a non-commitment, or the cost of living is forcing difficult decisions and cutbacks. By being purposeful and committed in it, it helps us live in the fullness of what God calls us to live in, as well as grow in our faith and trust in him. Probably one of the most challenging verses in the Bible with giving is uh, in Malachi 3. Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? in your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Heavy stuff. I don't think any of us would relish the thought of robbing God. But the Bible frames this for us very clearly here. Sometimes, as much as we want to frame what we're giving as being generous, if we're purposefully holding back, then we are robbing God, who gave us everything we have anyway. The Israelites were negligent in their tithes, and as a result, weren't receiving the fullness of what God has for them. There are two points here for us to take hold of then.
1: Firstly, that our giving is good for us. It sets
0: us free and helps us grow in our relationship, faith, and dependence on God. But secondly, that by having a generous heart releases God's blessing, not just for our own benefit or gain, but for blessing to be poured out where there is real need. Until there is no more need, Malachi writes, that there may be food in my house. Can you imagine the driving force, the support and ministries that could be enabled by the church to bring God's blessing in places of real need if every Christian held on to this? I absolutely loved Kevin's prayer earlier about bringing the kingdom, bringing the kingdom into the places where there is genuine darkness and need. And this is what our giving helps enable and reach into. Here's our challenge and thought for this then. Do you give because it's something you feel obligated to do or something you give an amount of to tick a box of? Or do you even give at all? If you feel any of those questions apply, then can I encourage you to think about how you can respond to the New Testament call of generous giving, how you can be purposeful in responding to that call of supporting and enabling church ministry. God's heart is the best for us and the best for those around us. How can you respond to that? The final point uh, then is this. Giving brings peace when we give our finances over to God. This is quite a big one, and something that I think we will likely continue to need to keep growing in for all of our lives. Yes, inflation is high. The pressures are mounting up, and the uncertainty is real. But one thing in all of this that is constant, never fades, never lets us down. And that is our Father in heaven, who sits above all things, whose very breath spoke the stars into existence. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness within. It's it's all his. It can be too easy to move to the position of looking at our finances as just that our finances. Whereas indeed Our finances are his finances. My final encouragement for you today is this. In all aspects about where you worry about where it will come from or how far it will go, pray about it. Give it to God. When we do, we can have a peace like nothing else. I feel like I've had to learn this and relearn this and relearn it again and again the hard way sometimes especially with our business and the rollercoaster that that provides. It would have been a lot easier on me and my blood pressure to just hold on to what I've learned. But let's be honest, it can be pretty easy finding ourselves holding on to trust in God as well as our own anxiety in equal measure. We can often find ourselves in the up and down and some situations can often lead us to doubt about God's provision or path for us. Ironically, although this is my point, one of the most peaceful times that I've had about our business finances was at its worst time, because in that moment, I had faith that God would provide. So, I mean, a few years ago, after we'd initially set up the company, we had some initial money to get things off the ground and take on a couple of employees. For a while, as we were continuing to develop the business, that initial fund just kept dropping and dropping to the point where we only had £172 in the bank, 11 days before we needed to make the month's payroll. Internally, this was a crisis. Our management meetings were not fun in those days. There were some options for us, but would any of them actually come through when we needed them? In that moment, though, I just had such a peace about giving it all to God and was able to speak that peace into our situation and my colleagues. And as he has done countless times now, the provision came at just the right time. Since then, I have of course forgotten, or not always been so grounded in that faith of giving over our finances to God uh, to my own detriment. Um, Some of you may remember the testimony I gave a few months ago. You know, all of this should be right up here, shouldn't it? (laughs) Um, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the oil fail, olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Amen. We shared uh, these verses a couple of months ago. Um, habakkuk had learned by then that he could trust God. And with that trust comes great joy, not in circumstances, but in God himself. Yahweh has become Habakkuk's strength and peace. As I uh, come into land then, let me conclude with these points. The three core things that we thought of today when exploring how we can grow in our heart response, in our call to what we give, were that giving brings great joy that giving is part of living in the fullness of what God has for us and for those around us, and that giving brings peace when we give our finances over to God. If you feel that any of those things are counter to where you're at right now on your giving journey, as we pray in a minute, can I encourage you to open your heart before God and just seek him and what he is speaking into your circumstances. The challenge for us here is to not shut this out or to tackle it another day or another year when things are a bit easier. That we can retreat back into our secret places and feel comfortable with that. For God sees our hearts. For me, that is something I would always take prayer to continue to grow in. Why don't we uh, pray together? Oh Lord, creator of of all things, you are our provider and our faithful Father. Father, we thank you for all your blessings and all that you have given us. And Lord, we just pray this morning that you would help our hearts uh, as a response to giving, that we can walk in all that you call us to and equip your church for the mission that she's called on. Jehovah Jireh, we pray for our nation and the world in these days, that those who are suffering, marginalized, or lacking in the, for their basic needs would be provided for and that they wouldn't be forgotten about or shut out, but that through your church, we would see an outpouring from heaven, Lord God, that many would come to know you through the ministries that you called us to. Help us to grow in this, we pray, Lord, that as a church we would be known as generous givers in all aspects of our lives. Once again, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness and pray that through your spirit you would minister to us today, that you would open and soften our hearts and help us grow in being abundant and cheerful givers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for uh, being with us uh, today. I appreciate times uh, run on a bit more. Um, if you do have kids in Frog Club, uh, please do go grab them. But do stick around. There's tea and coffee and refreshments served in the box. Thank you so much for being with us um, and look forward to seeing you again soon.